Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning, and you guys are in for such a treat. Today's episode brought to you in part by Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, veteran-owned, and direct trade which means, of course, from seed to cup, there are no middlemen. Please go check them out at myalmacoffee.com and go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton. Ask for Leticia or Harry and tell them that Stone sent you. Also, before we came on the air today, uh, we decided that today's episode was also brought to you in part by Alpha and Omega Automotive. I just came from there and, of course, the staff was great. Dropped the car off. Got home, and uh, by the time I got to the studio, I was I was sharing with one of our guests today, Justin Keir, who we're going to visit with in a moment. All right, I had an estimate. I could check it off, whether, whether I wanted to do the whole thing or if I needed to call them. And, I mean, it's done. It's off my plate, and now we get to have fun. So uh, we're, 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 we're double-sponsored, double-blessed this morning. So thank you to the Kennedys over there at, uh, at Alpha and Omega and uh, also our other guests with Visually uh, Sold. That's why we got a chance to get connected, right? Because Lori Kennedy and that crowd uh, got us here. And uh, so we get a chance to, to, to vil- uh, visit with Alex and, um, and Evan here in a little bit. But first up on Cherokee Business Radio, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Atlanta Challenge, Mr. Justin Keir. How are you, man? Doing great. I've been looking forward to this. So have I, among other marvelous uh, discoveries here, uh, now that I live in, in the Woodstock community, is this group, the Woodstock Business Club. So I find myself going down there on Thursday mornings, and it's, I mean, it is, it's like a four-minute walk from my home now. Right. Uh, and I, a couple of Thursdays ago, two or three Thursdays ago, there's this really dynamic presenter talking about the way things have, have been shifting in his world, how they've shifted for all of us. And talking about this thing, uh, Atlanta Challenge. Yep. So tell us a little bit about it. Mission, purpose. What are you guys out there trying to do for folks? So Atlanta Challenge has has actually been around for a long time. It's been around for 17, 18 years now in the Southeast. Oh, wow. And its original roots came out of the traditional team building style. So it was field games and ropes courses and all that. And that was a little bit before my time. Uh, but over the years, and I got involved with them about four years ago, maybe a little bit longer now, uh, our job is just to make teams more effective. That's it. Teams and leaders, getting them more effective. Uh, and we could do that with a lot of different folks. So we have a lot of fun with it, but, but, but that's it. And we, we do things a little bit different because we, We've understood over the years the effect that having a good work life has on the rest of your life and how having a good rest of your life has an effect on your work life. And I think people, you know, years ago thought of those as more segmented, that it was one or the other and you could go to work and come home and just shut everything else off. And that has changed over the years. And so it people just have a life. And work is in there and family's in there and all of it is in there together. And it's not quite as segmented as it used to be. So, so it strikes me that teams may be very much like the car I took in uh, this morning without some maintenance, without some tune-ups, without some attention, things can fall off the rails with virtually any team, even if it started out really strong and cohesive. Is that, is that accurate? Oh, very much so. And it's funny though, we, we tend to work with 
good teams, not bad teams, which is also kind of odd. Like people are kind of surprised by that sometimes, but we, we, I like to think of us as more, more swim coaches than lifeguards. (laughs) And so we are not the ones. What a great way to frame it. I love that. (laughs) And we're not the ones just coming in to save a dumpster fire of an organization that is just flailing around, usually because they're in such bad shape, they don't even know they need us. Uh, and but we so if you put a scale of one to ten, it's rare for us to work with threes and fours. We tend to work with the sevens and eights that want to get to nines and tens. And so we're working with teams that already have some things that they're doing well or aspects of it. You know, they have leaders that see a direction. They want to get everybody going there or they have a new leader that comes into a situation. They're trying to get everybody on board. But it's those types of teams that we tend to spend the most time working with is the ones that there are a lot of good things here, but you know you can be better. And when we hear that phrase from people, you know, our eyes light up and we just know, okay, yeah, we're going to get along well. Are there some patterns to look for in my organization? I have this studio and I'm I'm sort of an individual proprietor in this studio, but I'm also part of a larger team, the Business Radio X Network. And we have studio partners around the country. And I'm blessed to be part of that team as well. As a leader of that type of team, are there some signs to look for? Are there some signals that... Hey, maybe we ought to start thinking about getting, you know, getting a little bit of some fresh perspective in here. Are there some patterns to look for? Yeah, definitely. And, And one of those initial ones is when you find yourself just going back to the same old thing over and over again, no matter what situation or problem pops up, because there are always some good things that you do that have worked in the past. And then you get to a point and you try it on something and it it doesn't work like it used to. Or it's a new situation. And you're like, but this worked either five years ago or this worked in a, you know, a year ago, but it was a completely different situation. So when you start going back to the same old tricks, in a sense, uh, it's, it's always good to have, you know, there are some tried and true principles, of course, but having a fresh perspective, that's what lets us do what we what we do. And I, I tell people too, I would be a really bad CEO. I would. I, I don't do a really good job at wrangling all of those things together, but I'm a really good coach because I see the things that CEOs don't see or uh, I see the things that team leaders don't see because you get so caught in your own world that seeing things from an outside perspective or an outside industry. I was talking to someone uh, not too long ago and they were talking about how they get coaching within their industry. And so they go to masterminds and they get coaches and all this about how to build a better, it wasn't this, but I'll use this as an example, dentist office. So they have a dentist office and they just want to have a better dentist office. So they go talk to other dentists and they go to dentist conferences and they all, and they get some great ideas. And then we have conversations and it's, well, what about this? And they'd never heard of it because dentists don't talk about that. And so it's just, that's where we get to bring in our special sauce when we work with, with teams and leaders is seeing the things that, that you guys don't see because you're so involved in in your own world, which is natural. And it's good to look for other dentist office that are going to make your dentist office better. (laughs) But, uh, but getting that outside perspective is always a good thing. So what do you enjoy the most about the work? What do you find the most rewarding? Oh man. So some of that goes back to my, my history, even before getting into what I do now and my background before getting into leadership coaching was actually in the fitness world. So I taught school for several years. I will never do that again, but I taught school for several years. <laughs> <laughs> Middle school health and PE was, was not the career choice for me, but wow. uh, went from that into fitness and 
did one-on-one training and ran a boot camp and managed a CrossFit gym and had my own personal training business and all oh that. My. But what got me from that into this was my enjoyment of seeing people just get better. And I realized even with the fitness stuff that, well, yes, it's great to get slightly bigger biceps or see a little weight off your waist or whatever. Oh, that's great. But it was people walking out with a different level of confidence. It was people walking mm-hmm. out and their relationship with their spouse changed because they'd been working out. And so for me, it was, I want that, but without the sweatiness of, <laughs> and I like to sweat cause I still like to work out, but just, uh, you know, I was done te- you know, having people do burpees and pushups and squats all day long. Uh, not that that's not a great and noble thing, but it was just, there's something next what's next. And so for me, that's, that's what it was is I want to be working with people where I can really see a difference in their lives. And, and that's what we get to do. And it's just those ripple effects. If, you know, help somebody in their, you know, think a little bit clearer or be a little bit less stressed or a little bit less fearful in their life. And then that affects their work, which then affects when they go home and deal with their spouse and their mm-hmm. kids because they're not quite as stressed and fearful. And so it's those ripple effects of, you know, having people tell me things that, hey, my life has never been better. And work is a part of that. Our team dynamic is a part of that, but it's everything. And so seeing those ripple effects in people's lives, it started way back in the day with, with the fitness side and, and yeah. I get to do the same thing now, but just <clears throat> in a slightly different environment and, and one that has bigger ripples. Because when you affect the team dynamic of people's work, that affects everything. And I think anybody that's had a challenging and stressful job over the years knows what it's like to go home and try to let some of that go. And it mm. is not easy. So being able to affect that work life, which is where so many people spend most of their time, it has some of the biggest ripples. Well, I'll bet that is remarkably satisfying as, as, a, as a career, as your work. The early part of an engagement, is that, is, is that where the hill is super steep? Like, don't you, at least initially, aren't you trying to help people that may not even be sure they want the help? Like maybe their leaders say, we're going to do this thing. Do you, I mean, do you ever run into the, some of that initial kind of resistance or apathy or? We do a little bit. And, yeah. but at the same time, that's one of the things that we screen for at the beginning, because that's one oh, of the okay. things that we don't want in place. If you were going to work with us or someone to be coached, they have to be willing to be coached. Right. And so there's even, I mean, at the beginning of an engagement, we, we do a lot of, of, in a sense, consultations back and forth of making sure it's the best fit for us and for you. Because the last thing that we want is to be working with people that don't want us working with you or people that are just completely checked out and unresponsive and unwilling to look inside and look at themselves a little bit and look at things they may need to do differently. And so that's one of the first things that we look for is people that are that are open and and turned on. <laughs> right. Well, no, the, no, the person you're describing, not only might that person not grow or benefit at all, but they might impact someone else that, that could really benefit. But if you've right. got that kind of sour apple in there, right? For sure. And, and obviously there are situations where sometimes we get into working with a team and there are a couple people on the team that are less responsive than others. And, and that right. comes with the territory. That's just part. That's why you need a pro. That's why right. you don't, you don't pull stone in there and I'm trying to be funny or make jokes or something. You, you need a professional right. facilitator that knows has some, is yeah. there some, I know the answer to this is yes. Yeah, so what I really want to know is tell me a little bit about to the degree you're willing to, I, 
there's got to be some structure, some discipline, some rigor. It might look like all fun and games, but you, you've got this process map in your head when you're working with a group, right? We do. Um, we're, we're not just winging it when we walk in, right, right, right. but, but at the same time, part of what we strive for is helping keep things simple for what people need to do moving forward. Okay. And so we may have a giant tool belt in a sense of all the different strategies and, you know, structures and different things we can give you and processes and all that. And, and part of our job is figuring out which one is going to help the most and which, mm-hmm. which things we need to address that are going to affect your leadership the most. And cause we see that happen with sometimes we'll come in and work with people who have done, you know, their company has done like a 360 assessment for all their executives or leaders. And so they, you know, they even show us sometimes we've got a big folder here of all these 37 things that we need to do to get better. And, oh my. you know, cause we, and, and our job is to help narrow that to two or one, mm. you know, it's what is the one thing that we can do moving forward over the next 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, whatever it is, let's focus on that thing. And let's, beat that thing like a drum for the next 90 days mm-hmm. and fix that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, again, I mentioned ripple effects earlier. You can sometimes fix w- just one or two things and it has a massive ripple effect on mm-hmm. the entire organization. And it's, you don't need to go in and do this giant process of things that people don't really need. And so we definitely have a process and it's definitely not, it, it takes a level of courage to, to step up and, and, and go through the process but part of our job is keeping it simple because everybody has too much on their plate. Everybody has a lot going on. We talk to some people that get a thousand emails a day in there and just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people in the, in the <laughs> studio here are shaking their head. Like I can't even imagine. And so the last thing we want is to throw another bunch of stuff on your plate. We want to help either take things off. And, and sometimes that's what we spend a lot of time on. That's some of our biggest processes that we take people through is how can you delegate a little bit more? How can you um, time block a little bit better? And you might be surprised, but some of the executives that we see are really good at what they do. But some of the, you know, keeping track of your schedule and delegating mm. and some of those, what they kind of think is are, are simple things are the things that we can come in and help with the most just to help get things off your plate. What does that look like? And so the process is definitely there, but our, our job is to keep that as simple as possible. But there's some real discovery. You have to be comfortable, I would think, and, and to with some degree of chaos, and you've got to meander around a little bit because what's going to help uh, Evan and Alex may not be at all what Lee Cantor and I need for our business, right? The process is going to get us there, but we may be working on completely different things. Absolutely. And well, yes and no. So there's there's aspects to it. This is one thing I've seen over the years of working with teams from all different industries and all different sizes, because we work with everything from, you know, small, small businesses with a dozen employees that are trying to move forward all the way to the biggest names in Atlanta Delta Mm. and Home Depot and Cox and all Chick-fil-A and you name it. We've worked with the big companies, too. Teams are teams and people are people. And so mm-hmm. what, what teams struggle with and deal with, it's all the same stuff. It, it's all because people are people. Now, where it differs is people are all a little bit different. And so the way they think, the way they approach situations, uh, what drives them, what wakes them up in the morning and you know keeps them mm-hmm. up at night, all those vary a little bit. So that's part of what we get to do too is when, when we look at a team, it's, what are the people like on this team? What, 
what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What do they struggle with? What do they not? How can you look at someone else that has a completely different skill set from you and value that and see what they bring to the table? And, and that's part of what makes a team work. But that's where the, the challenge comes in for people is, is understanding that that person over there who maybe we've butted heads a lot in the past it, it's not because we we don't like each other. It's because we have different ways of thinking. We have different styles. We have different yeah. personalities. We have, but when you can understand that what they do helps what you do get to the goal, whatever output you're trying to achieve, that's where people really come alive. Because I tell people, one, one example I give people is uh, one of the things I hate more than anything in the world is accounting. <laughs> I, I hate it with a passion. I, I mean, if you put me in front of a computer with a spreadsheet and say, just sit here eight hours a day or 10 hours a day or whatever it is for the rest of your life, I would go crazy. But one of the things I love more than anything else in the world are accountants ah. because they do it. And they like it and they're good at it. And it's just so it's, you know, while there, there's a very, there's differences between how we approach things and, you know, maybe our personalities and our style and all that, but I can appreciate the heck out of them because I can go up to them and they do something that I don't do well and they enjoy it. And when teams start seeing that, that, oh yeah, this person that I've been butting heads with, they actually do something that I don't like to do and they're good at it and they provide something to this team that's valuable. That's where really people really start to come alive. So how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a firm like yours? I, I got to believe if you're talking to a CEO, someone, uh, <clears throat> or even a team who makes this kind of decision, do we engage these Atlanta challenge folks? I got to believe if they have this kind of conversation with you, you probably get to work, but, but how do you get to have this kind of con conversation or have you just been at it long enough that the phone rings or how does that piece work? I'm a little bit of both. So, and, but it's changed a little bit, even over the last two years, I guess. Uh, when we first started building Atlanta Challenge, it was some word of mouth and because we were one of the few ones in, in the area. Uh, but it, everything from Google ads to pay-per-click and people would find us. And we did a really good job with our website of SEO and things like that, of getting people to find us. Over the years, over the past couple of years, especially, we've made a little bit of a shift to where it, it's less of the, the fun and games and the ropes courses and the, you know, the big, let's go play with, you know, mm -hmm. foam foam pool noodles on a field somewhere. <laughs> uh, and it, and it's more of this, it's more of the in-depth right. conversations. And so <clears throat> it, it tends to be more, uh, it's a lot of word of mouth. It's a lot of referrals. Um, we have worked with so many companies in the past that we have a lot of really good, um, connections and relationships with those companies too. So when we reach out to somebody and we talk with them and, and that's part of what I get to do. And it's, even coming on a show like this is helping get the word out. And right. in, in some respects, I consider myself the Atlanta challenge evangelist of just <laughs> letting go. people know about what we do because it, it has to resonate with people when they start having those conversations with us. And, and yeah, if we get to this conversation, it, it tends to be either very quickly one way or the other. It's either, Nope, this isn't a good fit uh, or okay. yes, let's, let's talk more. Cause when we have converse, initial conversations with people, the last thing I try to do is is sell somebody something they don't want or get them to sign up for a coaching engagement that they don't want and don't need or get them to do an event that doesn't really fit what their team is looking for. And so it, it's really having those kind of exploratory conversations of what are you looking to get out of this? What's the what's a win for you? If we did came in and did this workshop or strategic work session or an event or something like that, when we leave and people are you know writing on their little cards, the reviews of the session 
what's a win for you? What does it mm-hmm. look like when we do our job and do it well? And really, and then once we start hearing that, it's okay, now we can start playing with it a little bit and, you know, plugging in the pieces of this would work well and this would fit and this wouldn't work and you don't need to waste your time with this. And so it's having some of those conversations, but yeah, it's, it's a different business because it's not just the type of business where you run a bunch of ads and get the phone to ring and that's it. So it's, it's a lot more relational. It's a lot more connections and referrals and, you know, work with one organization and see dramatic effects. And so he calls his buddy that's a VP at a different company that, Hey, you need to call these guys. So The, the trust that you guys must have to cultivate with leadership in the beginning to get the business and then in executing on the work, right? Cause you're right. never going to get in if you don't, if you don't cultivate that, that yeah. trust. And, and that's, that's one of the things that sets us apart a little bit too, is yeah. there's a lot of organizations, whether it's, you know, um, consulting agencies or team building firms or coaching companies or whatever that, that get a little lost in one end or the other. And so they either get mm-hmm. lost in the, uh, the goals results end that that's just, it's just too business-like and it's just too sterile in a sense. And it's just, here's all your data and here's all your numbers and fix this and fix that. And that's it and go <laughs> home and you know do it or don't do it. And, and we tend to have a little bit more fun with it than that. And we're, we're not quite as corporate, even though we work right. with a lot of corporate corporate companies, but some people get lost on the other end. And it's just all about, we just want everybody to feel better and they lose sight of the goals and results and why we're actually there. And so that's Uh, one of the things that we stay very conscious of is making sure that we're connecting both of those. If you've got to take care of your people to make sure that they're in a good spot, that they're healthy, that they're, um, mentally firing on all cylinders, that they're not overly stressed, that they're not overly fearful. And we have to take care of the people but it's to get to the result and the output of what you actually want and, and keeping the focus on both of those of the people and the output at the same time. Well, that's a lot to hold. <laughs> it is. That's a tall order. It so is. Let, but let's talk a little bit about event and process, right? Yeah. Uh, because in my ex- experience and I'm getting a little long in the tooth, I've been on the periphery of some of this kind of work over, over right. the, over the years. Um, are there some things that, that leadership, um, should be taking some responsibility and accountability for to fully maximize the fu- fact that we've had Justin and his crew in here to help us. Are there some things we should be doing before you get here? Some things we should be doing after you, the event is over or summer workshop so that we really get the full measure of the return that, that we're after. I, I sense the answer is yes, but I just want to hear more about what that might look <laughs> what like. What that looks like. And, yeah. and and that's one of the things that we strive for too, is the front end and the back end. And because uh, some people do, they just walk in on the day of the event and I'm here for three hours and we did our workshop and I'm walking away and, you know, brushing. I'm a good soldier. I'm not going to get anybody in trouble. I'm here. I'm doing my thing, but I got work piling up. Right. I mean, you get that right. And one of the things that's helped us over the years though, is leaders helping cultivate the mindset that coaching and people like us in our profession Mm -hmm. aren't just there when somebody's in trouble. Cause that's something we run into a little bit too. Uh, Of Oh, we, we called a team building or a team development guy in. What do we do? (laughs) <laughs> who screwed up? Everybody's looking around like, okay, who's on the chopping block now? And and it goes back to what I said earlier. That's that's rarely why we come in. It's we're coming in because you're doing big things. And, and we like working with companies that are doing big things too. It's it, it's not people that are just they just want to sell up, you know, hundred thousand more widgets this month. It's people that are having an impact that are, you know, affecting and uh, we work with a lot of people in the 
um, kind of scientific healthcare space that are huh. developing, you know, biometric devices to help people function better and building prosthetics and some of those kind of things that, that real world, like this is impacting lives to a great degree. And so for that, that lead up of what can leaders do at the beginning, it's fostering that environment that coaching isn't for people that are in trouble. You know, bringing in a a coach like us to do a workshop isn't because we've all screwed up, but that's what the best of the best do. And and it's reframing that a little bit that, yeah, just because we we're good at what we do doesn't mean we need to just stop here. And then on the back end is stuff that we help with of, of what does that need to look like? Do we need to hold your hand or do you just need to give you a template of, okay, here's what we talked about. Here's what needs to happen. Here's what's going to give you the most bang for your buck. And you focus on these one or two things. How can we help with that? Can we facilitate that process on the back end and keep having conversations and, and have a coaching call with your folks every two weeks for the next three months and those types of things. And that depends on the company and the organization and what they're really looking to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But we're very intentional about, yeah, we are not just come in, swoop in, chat with you for a day. Here's all the stuff to fix now. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> and so having the, that relationship is always important for us. Now, you are a keynote speaker as well, uh, or at least have been. Do you continue to, to do that or will you continue to do the speaking work or you've got to focus 100% on this other? So one of the reasons I stopped doing a little bit of it is last year was kind of a weird year. If you Only a little bit. And, and so some of the, whether it's keynote speaking or even in-person workshops, obviously mm-hmm. that just stopped yeah. last March or April or whatever it was. And so... Uh, I still enjoy doing keynote speaking and still do that. Uh, I like being able to do both, which is why mm-hmm. I, I like my role. I like being able to one day I'm doing a three hour workshop with the company. The next day I'm doing a, a 45 minute keynote. The next day I've got a full slate of coaching calls that I'm doing from home. And, but keynote speaking is a great way to bring awareness to what we do yeah. and, and not just what we do, but helping people be better <clears throat> individuals within teams and helping leaders be better leaders. And so it's a great way to build awareness around our processes and around our principles and and the way we do things. But where people struggle with keynote speaking is you walk in, you do your keynote speech and you walk away. And so you don't get that, that depth and you don't get that interact action. And um, to see success, it tends to be 20% insight and about 80% application. Mm. Keynote speaking is great for the 20% insight. It's great for giving people awareness of even some of the stuff we've talked about so far this morning is, you know, here's some things to think about. And people, oh, I really thought about that before. Oh, this really could work. And it's great for that. But then we need the coaching engagements and the ongoing workshop series and things like that to really be able to provide the application for what needs to happen. And so I, I still... Uh, again, it's been slow on the the speaking side, but it's already mm-hmm. starting to pick back up, and so it's definitely something. <clears throat> so I'll you'll still do, do. Some, some I'll of that. I'll still do some of that. Now, you strike me as the kind of guy who I don't know if the word keynote is still the right word, but I'm going to use it. You might be doing a keynote at a middle school too, just to help some kids. Right? You have an affinity for and some genuine interest in serving um, the, the the community, the the broader community, don't you? Uh, talk a little bit about that. I do. Um, we don't spend quite as much time in schools lately. And, and some of that's a little bit of uh, just our, our niche and there's only enough, so many hours in a day. And so uh, mm-hmm. I definitely, and again, with my 
um, education background. I've spoken to schools. I've spoken to, you know, high school groups and things like that. Uh, one of the first things I actually did with leadership development was about a decade ago with my wife. We led a teen leadership development program in oh, Atlanta cool. for several years with a nonprofit she was working with. And, and so I definitely have a heart for that. I don't do quite as much of the school speaking anymore. Again, just because keynote speaking, especially you, you kind of find your lane and your niche and there's not mm-hmm. always as much overlap as, as people think. And so uh, it's still out there, but it's just not, you have to focus on one or the other to a certain degree. Sure. And, and most schools, there's some really good education speakers out there and there's some really good people that that really is their life. <laughs> that is what they do. And that's their passion. Uh, and I'd support them in any way that I can. And uh, again, love of still speaking with youth, but it just, there's not quite enough hours in the day to do a lot of it these days. I'll bet. I was just thinking to myself, I, I would have butterflies if I were to get on the stage and do a keynote for Microsoft or Google, <laughs> or so, but I would be absolutely terrified if I had to get on stage and talk to a group of high school kids. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, that's one of the things that I tell people all the time. Yeah. What I do now and the people that I work with now, it is way easier than middle schoolers. I mean, I, I don't get cussed out nearly as much. Oh I don't get challenged to fight nearly as much. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a lot easier. So as you do turn some of your uh, energy and attention toward the community, the broader community, nonprofits, those kinds of things are, are there some that kind of have a bigger piece of your heart than or more of your time than others? Do you, is, is there a group that you like to uh, that's a tough question because, yeah, we do work with so many. So I don't know if there's just one. I do I do appreciate local local communities and nonprofits, though. Mm-hmm. And um, I've lived in Cherokee County off and on most of my life. Uh, we moved really far away for a while um, to Marietta, which is, <laughs> Kennesaw, which is you know, not that far. But um, we've been back here in Cherokee County for about four years. And, and right. whether it's, you know, Goshen Valley Boys Home up in, in North Cherokee and groups that are working here, um, the Circle of Friends that has a new coffee shop that yes, just opened up yes. over the circuit and what Paige <clears throat> Reed is doing with Limitless. And there's just so many good nonprofits and people that are just doing really cool things in the community here is it's definitely hard to pick just one. I'll bet. Well, no, you're the kind of guy that's probably plugged into several and, and, and trying yeah. to serve them. And you have some tools and some knowledge and, and expertise at your disposal that you can, you can utilize to help yeah. them. Uh, so before we wrap, uh, where's your energy effort going to be in the, in the coming months? You got anything uh, particular area of focus? Are you guys trying to grow? What's the, what's the, we're always trying to grow, uh, but grow strategically. And, okay. it, and it's been um, the next, I guess, three months or so. Our biggest focus is just diving in deeper to the deeper programs that we offer. Um, we okay. have developed an, an entire suite of more uh, leadership strategic work sessions that we're going to be offering and rolling out in the next month or so. And it really just is our focus of spending more time on the development side than the the camaraderie side. Uh, cause that is right. a continuum. There's on one hand doing something where it just gets people together <clears throat> and it's a scavenger hunt or a game room or, or a game show or something like that, where everybody's just kind of getting together and having a good time and laughing and smiling and learning people's names that they haven't seen in a while. That kind of thing is, is great. And there's a place for that. We've done a lot of that over the years and especially over the next three months, our focus is going somewhat to the other end of the spectrum of now let's get, let's get deep. Now it's a, mm. you, you built a, a pretty good culture from a, everybody smiles and, you know, there's nobody slashing tires in the parking lot or anything <laughs> like that. So we're, we're doing okay. But now how do we really get 
better. And so that's probably our biggest focus for the next three months is, is spending more time on the deeper programs of let's, let's spend six months with your leadership team. Let's spend a year with your leadership team. Okay. Really, really, truly a deeper dive. Truly a deeper dive, or let's not just do a workshop, but let's do a four seminar series where we're going to come back once a month for the next four months and really dive Uh, into some of these deeper things instead of just coming and putting a bunch of front stuff in front of you of here, good luck with this and walking out. So that's definitely our focus for the next three months is, is getting deeper with, with the folks that we're working with. You touched on a phrase, um, and I don't remember if it was in that presentation or if you and I were just kind of standing around or what, but, but the, the phrase that you utilized was high character culture is that if you're really going to pull that off, is is that where you got to do this deeper work? Is that one of those? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so to talk a little bit about what you mean by that and, and yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the most crucial things that people can do within any team organization, whatever, whether it's a, a corporate leadership board or a family unit, one mm. of the most important things you can do is, is have people that are ethical and that tell the truth and be honest. Mm. Honesty goes so far. And so when you talk about a high character culture, that's one of the first tenets of high character is being, being honest. And it doesn't have to be honest in a jerk kind of way of, I'm just going to tell you everything. Your hair looks wrong, awful. Right? Oh man, you gained a lot of weight lately. You know? <laughs> so, so that's not necessarily what we mean, but, but having, being able to have those very real, very open, very honest conversations about what's going on and what can we do to get better. And so high character cultures are ones that place that at the forefront of let's have a very real conversation, not just to nitpick, not just to be a jerk about it, not yeah. just to, you know, throw throw stones and call people names and all that, but let's, let's talk about it. What's working. What's not working. What do we need to do more of? What do we need to do less of? And, and again, that goes for everything. So family units to corporate boardrooms, it's all the same that having people that are willing to be honest, tell the truth and, and be a little less fearful, be a little less stress. That's the starting point for everybody. It sounds like a lot of work. It's obviously very rewarding work. Please keep up the good work. I can't thank you enough for coming in and visiting with us. Um, If someone would like to reach out and have a conversation with you or someone on your team, let's give them some points of contact, whatever you think is appropriate, phone, email, LinkedIn, whatever you think is is best. Yeah, definitely. Um, My email is a great place to start, justin at atlantachallenge.com. AtlantaChallenge.com is our website, so you can get a lot of info there. Um, you'll see me around on LinkedIn and Facebook and some of those places too. Uh, but yeah, probably email Justin at AtlantaChallenge.com or just go to our website and you can get a lot more info on all the, the programs that we offer and the workshops and that sort of thing. So, What a delight having you come in the studio this, this morning. This has Man, been thanks. so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. Hey, how about hanging out with us while we visit with our next guest? Absolutely. I can't wait to hear more about them. All right. Next up on Cherokee Business Radio, we have with us, with Visually Sold, Alex and Evan Roberts. Good morning, gang. Good Good morning. morning. Well, we're delighted to have you. Uh, We'll start with you, Alex. Mission, purpose, visually sold. uh, What you doing for folks? (laughs) So our mission is to provide the simplest solution for real estate photography. Um, We just want to be ready and available for any real estate agent really to just book excellent photos so that they can impress their clients and impress potential buyers. I would think that that is 
probably one of the most important parts of the sales and marketing process for a for a home is the pictures that that people see before they even make the decision to go out and take a look, right? Absolutely. So more and more lately, um, buyers are basing their choices online based on the photos. So mm. I think it's like eighty five percent of home buyers make a decision to go see a home based on its pictures. So. Wow. You you would think a lot of people don't use cell phone pictures, but unfortunately they do. So really? yes, our mission is to just kind of be accessible so that people are deterred from using cell phone pictures. To, so yeah, go ahead. To to jump off of that, I think um it, the way to look at it is a, a home is is the most expensive thing that that somebody will buy or sell in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, Coca-Cola spends millions of dollars to sell a Coca can or a can of Coke. <laughs> right. Um, so to have, you know, that a, a excellent visual representation of, of, you know, the most important asset that you may buy in your lifetime, I think is, is, is really important and more and more so now. So you guys are taking still pictures, video or, or both? Yes. Yeah. Both. <laughs> wow. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> so you could, if you have those skills and I'm making the, um, the jump that you do, I'm sure that you do. And I can't wait to go see more, more of your work. You could have chosen a lot of different ways to apply those skills, meet a variety of different segments of the market and, and probably build a very fruitful business. You chose to niche. You chose to, to, to stay in this Lane, uh, tell me a little bit about that choice. Yeah. So I started the five, the company a little over five years ago. Um, I originally was doing, you know, live music photography cause I was an, I was a musician in my, in my teenage years. Um, ah. and, uh, and that was sort of a natural progression for me. Um, and I, when I was, I was managing a pizza shop and, uh, in coming and, uh, when I was doing that on my breaks and everything, I would be looking at houses online, uh, sort of just dreaming cause I, did, I couldn't afford a house, um, but I, I wanted to. Um, so, you know, I would look on there and I would dream and I went, wow, this one's great. And way too often um, I would notice that I, I couldn't see enough of the home or I or I couldn't get a feel uh. for what the home actually looks like um, because of the photos. Um, and if I was actually buying, <laughs> it would have really mattered because, um, right. you know, I t- typically would just skip the ones that I, that didn't have great photos. Um, so I, I, and I noticed that some did have great photos. So I said, okay, there's seems to be a market here. Like there seems to be, um, you know, people want, some people want excellent photos for their listings. Um, so that's how I sort of got into it. I said, maybe I could do this. I did some research, um, on, you know, what I needed for equipment. Um, and then I, I sort of snowballed from there. So the, Taking these pictures, what is the, what is the key? Is it better equipment? Is it the knowledge is because you're going to, I mean, people are going to expect the same level of professionalism on their job as they saw on the last ones. What, what's that? How did you crack this code? What's the secret sauce? (laughs) So I think, um, obviously Cell phones take great photos right now. So it's, it's well, not, not mine so much. I've been trying to take while I've been having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. <laughs> so, so they do take great photos. So it's not, it's not a matter of um, purely the equipment, right? Obviously right. having professional grade equipment matters a, a whole lot. So um, it's not just the equipment. It, it really is the eye. Um, it's the training. It's, it's the technique that's used. Um, real estate photography is completely different from really any other kind of photography. Oh, really? Um, it really is. It's, okay. it's, it's not, you know, it, it could be similar to, to maybe product photography. Um, right. but even still it's, it's the, the angle choices that you're getting, the, the lighting, um, 
because it's 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 a space where people live. It's a space where you're you're trying to convey a feeling um, of 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 where people live their lives and will or will will live their lives. Um, so it's a little, it's a little different, uh, than, than anything else. All right. So here's a disclaimer. Uh, we're broadcasting live as we speak right now, but a great many of our, uh, consumers, the, the people who listen to our material, listen to it on demand. If you're listening to this on demand and you're looking at some pictures, Evan and Alex did not take those. <laughs> Stone took those pictures. <laughs> so, so where does the where does the business come from? Is it the is it the is it the individual, the family selling the home, or is 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 your business really coming from the trusted realtors in this ecosystem? It's a little of both. Um, really? So uh, obviously a homeowner can book a shoot with us if they need to, because we want to be accessible to that. And we mm-hmm. understand that for a homeowner, selling a home is really difficult. It's a lot to um, take in. You know, you're leaving a place with a bunch of memories. So part of <clears throat> our goal is to be easy and accessible to homeowners so that when they're booking with us, you've got someone who has a comprehensive understanding of how to make this easier for you. All you have to do is go on, book a shoot, you're done. We show up, we take care of everything else. It's one less thing for you to worry about. And of course, you know, real estate agents as well, whether they're an individual real estate agent just booking one off or they're a brokerage that we've partnered with. So it's really just- Oh, that's smart. So you guys have partnered with entire brokerage? Wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's- really it's just anyone that needs um, real estate photos, they can just- Hop on and book a shoot. So, and uh, something in this whole ecosystem, right? Like there's the stagers. So this is kind of fresh in my mind, right? Because, mm-hmm. and it's it's a little, for those of you who are listening on demand and, you know, sometimes people listen to our stuff five years later. <laughs> um, but I mean, we're, we're in the throes of like summer of 2021 as, as we're having this conversation. The real estate market here, at least locally, is nuts. Insane. Um, we got into this home a little bit before it got crazy. Um, and we sold ours a little bit before it went really nuts, but we never had to show the house. Um, we had a stager come in, they took some pictures, circulated them in that, um, kind of like, uh, coming soon mm-hmm. circle of realtors never went out on the market. <clears throat> One family came in, made a full price offer, you know, and we were out there like the blackjack dealer. Right. <laughs> um, and, I, I'm, I'm almost certain having the stager there to set things up, declutter, I'm sure that had a big impact on it. And was, uh, it, but what I'm getting at is the, the people that you need to build relationships with or, or choose to build relationships with. These are a variety of people in this real estate ecosystem. Yes. The stager, the real estate person, the bro. I mean, maybe anyone connected to that because you never know who knows who, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm sure plenty of real estate agents would agree with this, but referrals are the lifeblood in the real estate industry. And that's, I think, one of our favorite parts about being in the real estate industry is it's such a relationship focused business. Um, You know, I've grown up in real estate. My mom's been a real estate agent for probably like 23, 26 years now. Um, And something I always noticed was she just always went the extra mile to build that relationship with someone mm. so that they knew she was someone they could count on. I remember right. being in the store with her one day and she was picking out like a baby outfit. I was like, what are you doing? All your kids are grown up. And she was <laughs> like, well, well, my my client just had a new baby. So I just wanted to pick something up for them. And that's, that was just always so neat to me was that it was such a kind relationship focused business for sure. Well, again, we just kind of, Holly, my wife Holly and I kind of lived through this. Uh, a lady by the name of Jill Heineck, who's with Keller Williams Realty. She's also a, a client out of a different studio, but she's one of our clients. I'm going to get a chance to visit with her later today. 
Um, I mean, we just trust her implicitly. Right. Mm -hmm. And she was sort of the quarterback of the, of the team. Like I could have gone out. I'm kind of in the business community and several business communities actually, and, and sourced a, a mortgage broker and sourced, you know, different things. But I just trusted Jill. I felt like she's got the relationship. People are going to go above and beyond, um, uh, for her and for a Jill Hynek client, mm -hmm. um, you know, more so than someone I just might reach out to. That was incredibly important to us. The other thing, the other part of it, it was almost like a, you know, like when you go to the emergency room, the doctor doesn't ask you if you want to stay over for observation. He says, <laughs> okay, you, you check in, you're going to stay overnight for observation. We're going to do testing. You know, they just, it, right. I mean, whenever Jill, I mean, I just trusted her. So she said, okay, look, here's how it's going to work. We're going to have a stager in here on Thursday. We're going to get some photos, you know, right. And I didn't, I never even questioned it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, that's the beauty of, of doing good work. All right. So I got to ask you guys are a married couple. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, a young married couple, or at least in contrast to me and the other guests, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a, a, a little, little older than the rest of the folks in the studio today. Um, but that's got to present it on, its own set of dynamics, right? Uh, tell us a little, okay. Evan's going to talk. <laughs> Bless your heart. Evan. Go enough. for it, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it absolutely does. We actually met because of, uh, this, uh, this company. Um, you know, huh. she, she worked for one of our clients and she would book the photos shoots from us. Um, ah. and so we had contact with her and then our, our two companies had a, a happy hour event and that's where we met. <laughs> Boom. Um, so, so, and now, and now she works for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He poached me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it definitely does present its, you know, interesting dynamics and it's, it's definitely been a unique experience. Um, and, you know, we've been married for a little over a year now. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really um, challenging and, and fun and, and amazing to, to sort of work through certain things together and get to, you know, know each other differently than maybe other couples would, because we're also trying right. to grow a business together while we're trying to develop a, a marriage, um, and, and a family. So, you know, um, it's definitely, definitely, uh, interesting. Well done. You could run for office. All right. Now, let's get the truth over <laughs> here. You, thank you. Uh, no, have you found, or have you settled into, uh, I don't know, a division of labor and this is our roles or you're still kind of figuring that piece of it out? I think as a business, we're still growing. So just kind of our roles continue to grow and expand. Um, I'm in charge of our marketing, but at the same time, you know, I'm also trying to help plan company events so that we can all get together. Or I'm yeah. covering the phone sometimes for my sister-in-law, who's our head of operations. Um, so it's a lot of different roles and we're just constantly growing in them. Yeah. I think the, um, the pandemic obviously affected everybody, you know, I hear people say that all the time. It's like, okay, yes, obviously. Um, but, uh, it really, it, it did impact our, our culture a lot. Um, and so it's really uh, trying to almost, almost rebuild that culture now. Um, and, and Alex has been, you know, really pivotal in that. Like she's really been, been pushing forward, um, to try to, to try to rebuild those, those relationships. Um, so it's really interesting to hear Justin talk about what he does. Um, it's kind of serendipitous almost that, that you're here. Um, yeah, I'm ready because, for a workshop with Justin. Know, right? Let's go. That's what I'm thinking. Well, what I'm thinking. Um, and, and I really, by the way, side note, I love what you said about, it's not taking bad, you know, to good. Um, it's really like Jim Collins, good to great, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure that that book probably plays a huge role in what you do. Um, I would hope so. Cause it's a great book. <laughs> um, like never heard of it. <laughs> so, um, that is one book that I've heard of. So. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so, so yeah. And I think that that's been a huge, a huge part of it right now. Um, especially recently is, is that. 
So, but this is the mindset. These are the type of people, uh, and I don't know, maybe this, this firm is a little small at this point for you. I don't, I don't know about that, but the mindset of these guys are, are doing good. They want to do better. They do check that box on your criteria, right, Jesse? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we're seeing, even just in this little, you know, these last couple minutes is the power of having people in leadership that see the value of taking care of their people mm. and the connection that has to you guys seeing success as a company. That's the magic right there is leaders that see that, that yes, it's important to take care of our people, but it's important to grow as a company and those are connected. Right. Especially so, because our, our team members are the ones that are going out and doing shoots every day. You know, it's not Uh, Evan sometimes, but it's not me because I can't use a camera. But (laughs) I mean, the amount of times we get people calling in who are saying like, oh, you know, my, my shoot wasn't booked with Samantha. Like, could it be booked with Samantha? She's just so good. She knows exactly what I need. I can always count on her. Like when uh, we get that kind of feedback about our photographers, it is just doubly so important to take care of our team because they're the ones who go out and represent us every day and they do such a good job doing so. Like our, our clients are crazy about our photographers. So and I'm going to ask you too, if, if, if appropriate, uh, Justin, you have something to say on the matter. I mean, how do you recruit, develop, and continue to nurture someone, uh, a Samantha, <laughs> right? Uh, I, mean, I mean, we have a Samantha too. She runs Phoenix Business Radio out, out in Phoenix, Arizona, and, and her name is Karen Nowicki, and she's just, she's unbelievable. She's incredible, and uh, and we, it wasn't anything I did. <laughs> I don't think I, you know, maybe I, maybe I didn't run her off, but other than that, <laughs> but I, I, are there some, you know, some do's and some don'ts, you know, always do this, don't do that, or at least be, I don't know. So, so just to clarify, so you're asking about the actual recruiting and, and interviewing and, and, and finding the right people. I want the whole workshop right now, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bill. And okay. Yeah. Now, well, like for Karen, like what should I be doing for Karen today? You know, like, sure. cause I feel like sometimes I don't, I don't do enough to, to, to let a Karen know how. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, before pre pandemic, we were a team of 33, um, and we, we were in multiple States. Um, and so we, we fairly large, uh, for, for what, for what, you know, I've experienced, um, what we found was really important was being able to take in and in, in real time, almost, um, feedback from our people and being able to, to be lean and to, to be able to change with that feedback. So take into, to account what, what the team is saying, what the people are saying who are actually, you know, doing, um, meeting the clients and, and, and really doing a lot of the, um, the groundwork for that, um, and being able to adapt that. So we had something we, we call, and, and we haven't done it in a while since because of the pandemic, um, but we called brew and review. And it was basically a monthly meeting where the whole team was invited and we'd go around and we'd ask questions. We'd say, okay, here's how the company's doing. And it doesn't matter what position you held in the company. We want to hear from everybody basically. So we would have this monthly sort of meeting to make sure that we're all, we're meeting everybody's needs um, and, and really trying to, to develop them as, as much as they want to be developed. I like it. Now, did you, is this because you're so well read or you just, I mean, would you say maybe Justin a little wise beyond his years here? Absolutely. <laughs> Are you just that well read or do you just look young? Um, reading comprehensions was, was one of the things I struggled with most in school. So it's definitely not. not that uh, He listens a lot. He listens to a lot of podcasts and books and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't read a lot. And no. he, he listens listen. to his people apparently. No, <laughs> yeah. no genuinely, genuinely listen. Uh, so, 
this is very tactical, but I mean, I've run into this. You know, I'm not a a professional coach, but I find myself sometimes wearing a coach hat with our studio partners and that kind of thing. When people do give you feedback and input, sometimes they have creative new ideas. And for whatever reason, maybe because of my lack of foresight or because it's really not the right time to make that move, we're not going to implement that idea. But I don't want to shut that down. Like if Evan came up with that idea, I want him to feel good about coming up with the idea. And I don't want him to not come up with an idea next time we get together. It, um, is, is there some mojo that we can use on that? Any any of the three of you that will help yeah, not I, shut them down? I definitely have something on that because it's true. And there are some right? people that all it takes is you telling them that their idea is awesome. And they're like, yeah, it is. And then they walk away. We can't do it right now. Okay. But at least they thought it was awesome. And so there is some validity to that. Okay. Um, and, and I'm kind of that way too. And, and Sean Clark, the founder of Atlanta challenge that he and I are working together all the time. And we're both similar in that regard of like, sometimes it's just, yes, that is an awesome idea. Doesn't fit for right now. But the, for us, the benchmark is that's why it's so important to have clearly defined goals and not just big overall, you know, five-year goals or whatever, but like, what is the focus right now? And mm-hmm. so that way, if an idea is awesome, but it doesn't line up with what the current focus and, you know, defined vision and goal is for what you're trying to accomplish now, it's, it gives a clarity to the reason of why we can't do it now. Because if that's not defined, then it's uh. just, we can't do it now. Well, why? Do you just not like it? Do you just not like me? Like what it, and it gets, it can Uh, go off the rails fast. So no, being able to say, yeah, that's a great idea. Either maybe we tweak it or we use it for this, or maybe we shelve it and we do it later. But having clearly defined, this is what we're focusing on right now gives a reason for why we maybe can't do that idea right now. Got it. No, that's helpful. Um, I'm glad because I really, I'm kind of getting inspired and sort of, um, uh, invigorated here a little bit. I want to go back and try to apply some of these, some of these ideas. So do you guys have the bandwidth? And if so, do you desire, do you want to meet more realtors, like bring more realtors into your circle or have you got enough already? Leave us alone. Oh We're my good. gosh, never enough. <laughs> never enough. So, that, so, but that's, that's a group, that's a group. The uh, realtors are the folks that. Absolutely. Sorry. I mean, we could never stop growing. The goal is world domination. We want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> We want to make sure everybody has consistently beautiful and excellent real estate photos. So, I mean, never enough. It's just a matter of hiring more people if we need to. But we want everyone to feel um, trusted in a vendor that they can come to and know that they can book a shoot very easily and that everyone who's working with them knows exactly what they're doing and knows how to provide extra help if needed. Yeah, yeah. I've done my I've done just to sort of tag off of that. I, I've done my research on, on other companies that do this. And I, I have to say, without a doubt, we have the simplest way to book a photo shoot. If you're a real estate agent or, or, or a homeowner, um, the, the, you know, we get the, the absolute necessary information that we need to be able to come out there, right. but it's, it's also real time booking. All of our photographers are actually, you know, team members. They're not just contracted out and we, uh-huh. and we give them all the equipment to do the job. So all of the photo shoots are going to look the same, right? Nice. And if something breaks, we know exactly what to replace it with and they don't have to worry about putting wear and tear on their equipment. Um, so because of that, we have a, a real time booking. So if you see Friday at two o'clock is available on the website, you click book, that's when we're going to show up. Nice. So it's, it's, it's things like that. I think that that's going to, you know, lend really well to that, 
what Alex said, world domination. <laughs> that honestly used to be the worst thing as someone who had to book food photo shoots, like uh, not being able to just see a real time availability and lock it in. It would be like, okay, well, I have to call the contact and now I've called the contact and they have to call and see who's available. Okay. They have to call and see who's available. They don't have that day that you requested, but they have another day. Would you want to do that day? Okay. Well now let me call the client because I need to see if the client can do that. Okay. Let me call the guy again. Oh, sorry. We ran out of that time. Someone else booked. Can you do this day and set just constant back and forth. And it is so stressful. And especially for real estate agents, or if they have someone who's helping them book shoots, that's a lot to ask of them. That's a lot that's taking up their bandwidth. That's a lot of calls to make. It should just, you really should just be able to go and be like, okay, I want Friday at two o'clock locked in done. Yeah. And we've even built, um, you know, private booking pages for larger brokerages, um, that, that book all of the photo shoots that way they Ah. can send it to the homeowner and say, look, choose a date and time that works for you um, and, and book nice. the photo shoot. And so the, the brokerage or the agent doesn't even have to do the booking. Um, so, and yeah, I think, I think that the simplicity of the booking system is really what, um, what are sort of competitive advantages. That is really interesting because, well, and you have the advantage of you do the, the good work that you've done is published. People can see it. Mm-hmm. And so they get, they see the quality of it. And then the ease of the, the booking though is the real thing secret sauce so far that's how we get you definitely i see i see (laughs) i see so many um so many different uh different websites with like a few you know samples maybe five to ten different pictures of the best of the best of the best pictures that they've taken so that's why that's one thing that i wanted to do do differently was on our website i'm like let's put you know tens and tens and tens and maybe hundreds of of different samples of our work because just to you know sort of prove the point like this is consistent this is what you're going to get when you book so so does the sale. I don't even know if that's the right word. Does the relationship often start through that um, website interaction or do you find yourself trying to have an initial conversation with a, with a realtor that you don't know? You can absolutely. Um, We, you know, of course go through, you know, Google ads and Instagram and Facebook and people can just search us and start on the website. But more often than not, we just get referrals from a lot of agents. Mm. And that is honestly the highest praise for us is when, you know, okay. it's it's cool. Like, oh, cool. Someone came in from Instagram. That's neat. But like when someone's calling in and saying like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so recommended you and you, they just gave you such high praise. I just, I, I need a photographer. So I figured I'd give you guys a shot. That's honestly the most gratis- gratifying thing for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think the website is um, definitely crucial, right? Because so many you know, real estate agents especially are out and about all the time. So they either need to have something really accessible and really quick to be able to access, or they need to have, you know, somebody to call like right away as soon as they can, because they're in the car or whatever. Um, so, you know, having somebody to answer the phone as soon as you call, um, you know, somebody that, that, that knows you, somebody you've talked to before. And really that could even be the same person on the website live chat. You know, it could be, you know, it's, it's really somebody here, um, that, that, that's local, uh, that, that knows you, that knows your colleagues. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's crucial too. So before we wrap, let's see if we can't help out some young aspiring entrepreneurs. Maybe they have a, you know, like a regular job right now and they're thinking, you know, I'm going to take a shot at this. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue setting up a business. I got to go get some customers. I got to think through the culture I'm trying to, to build. Um, and actually I'd like both of you maybe to take a swing at, at with an idea or two. And I'll start with you, Alex, if we could just, yeah, you know, 
I don't know, any counsel you might have, something to be thinking about, some do's, some don'ts, because um, I, I, I think our, our listeners would, would really profit from the, um, the experience. I was going to say scar tissue. I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Maybe it's fun. Uh, but yeah, anything you might offer that, that, that new aspiring entrepreneurs, they, they think about making this move. Yeah. Um, I was very blessed to not have to take the plunge like Evan did. <laughs> he was already, you know, four or five years in before I came on. So, and I didn't have to do anything quite as dramatic as, you know, quitting my job and starting something from the ground up. But I would say anyone looking to do that, um, I would say, listen to Dave Ramsey. I know that was a big um, mm -hmm. stepping stone for Evan was just constantly listening to Dave Ramsey. And I would say find a mentor, someone who can coach you and kind of understand what you're going through when you come up with a hardship or encounter a roadblock. Just find someone who's willing to coach you and who understands what you're going through and can provide counsel. That's something other than, oh, you know, just pick yourself up. It'll be okay as long as you stick to it. Someone who can give you very concrete advice. Fantastic. Evan? I would say um, I want to sort of reiterate what Justin said earlier about the 20% knowing and learning and 80% doing. Um, I would say when you're starting out, it's like 99% doing because so many people <laughs> have, so many people have a hard time just taking the first step and just doing the initial, let me, let me set something up. Let me actually try to get that first dollar of sale. Let me just try to make $1 from what you want to try to do, right? Just do oh. it, just start. Um, and once you start, that's, that's where it, you know, you never know where it's going to go from there. Um, so I would say as far as like advice goes um, and learning from you know, my, my mistakes is do not hire too fast. Um, that yeah. is, that is a very, very common mistake. And that's actually something that, um, I called into Dave Ramsey and he's, he told me when I was first starting the business <laughs> and, um, and I know I'm speaking about one of your competitions here. So also calling you on know, Cherokee, um, business radio. So, um, <laughs> but he, but he told me, he's like, be very careful about payroll because that's what kills so many businesses is payroll. Yeah. Um, and I did make that mistake and, you know, I, I hired weight. Like I said, we were a team of over 30 people. Um, and I just, I liked having people. I liked having people in the office and, and, and talking to people and interacting and, and having a great environment. Um, and that's something that, that will, um, once you do take that first step later down the road, um, will be very important to do. So try to try to be as lean as possible in the beginning. I am so glad that I asked. And for the record, I am a huge Dave Ramsey, <laughs> not even just fan, disciple. Um, oh, I'm yeah. 57 years old now. My wife's going to retire in a year. We've been very blessed and, and, and we've made a comfortable living for some time. We still live out of envelopes. We have cash envelopes in our bureau. That's amazing. And, that's, that's that's awesome. the, and, and I think that's one of the reasons. And, and, he, and that came from him. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm a huge fan. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't consider him competition I would, at all. I think he's, I think, I think the, the work that gentleman doing is, is just marvelous. Well, this has been fantastic. Uh, I know realtors who do uh, hear this interview are going to want to talk to you guys. Uh, what's the best way for him, uh, for, for them to connect with you? I would say anyway, um, you can always go on our website. We've got live chat. We've got a phone number to call if you're into calling. Um, we have our email, which is contact at visually sold.com. Or you can chat with us on social media websites like Facebook and Instagram. We, we're pretty available. We love answering questions and talking to people. I would say we've made it a point to try to make it as informative as possible to just visit the website. You'll, you, you know, you'll have everything that you need there. 
Um, so the website is visuallysold.com. Um, and you can really go start from there or follow us on social media, visually sold. Well, thank you both for coming in the studio and, uh, and hanging out with us. And, you know, maybe let's do this again. Maybe you guys come back sometime and check in with us. Uh, one idea that uh, could be fun if you're up for it, maybe a, a local realtor client come in, we'll spotlight their business, but maybe talk about the relationship. We'd love that. Yeah, that That'd would be, be great. So that could be a fun segment. All right. Well, this has been marvelous. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest this morning and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio. Mm-hmm.